Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Online, and tonight we're going to syndicate with Janet Carolesson, who owns AquarianRadio.com, and we are going to talk today about some very interesting subjects. And let me see if this is her tonight. Three four seven. Hi, three four seven. It is you. Great. Hi, TJ. Karen. How are you? Oh, good. I called in in your intro and my intro. We were going at the same time, so I figured I'd give you about two minutes for your intro. Do you still have your automatic intro for your show? I just... I just uh, I played the yes we're we're I've already done the disclaimer and I played one minute eleven seconds and just introduced myself so now if you'll introduce yourself and Karen and read some ideas for the show tonight that would be wonderful go ahead okay so our panelists are myself Jenna Carolesson and Karen Gresham Nickel and Teresa J Morris and this is UFO Secrets. Space and we're talking about all kinds of things, paranormal experiences, extraterrestrial contactees, extraterrestrial psychics, remote viewing, uh, Area 51, Project Stargate, uh, counseling, and uh, let's see, our government and what are they doing, and our involvement with the government and research of these topics and more. And uh, TJ had sent me a you two on Annie Jacobson, ESPN US government. Uh, I think that uh, Karen watched the whole thing. I watched most of it. And I, I did. So we're, we're going to talk about that and many other things. <laughs> so, uh, and then I'm one of the co-host panelists, and I'm in Maui, Hawaii. Karen, let's say a couple things about yourself, and then we'll start doing our roundtable. 
Okay. Well, I'm uh, my name's Karen Gresham Nickel, and I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, and I've been doing this for about 35 years, and I'm also an empath, and I'm psychic, and I think we're all psychic. So my, I, I mean, mm-hmm. now you could say I am a psychic, but I think basically I've tapped into that part of the brain at a very early age due to surroundings and situations. And uh, so I read energies. When I do a reading, I read people's energy field, and I also read their sound uh, from their voice and also read the electromagnetic field that surround them and inside of them and comes through is one of their bodies, is one of our bodies. And so that's how I do my readings. Um I've done regular counseling. I had I've had a clinic with a, a, a very well-known uh, cardiologist who was Michael DeBakey's partner from Houston in the DeBakey Group. Uh, we started in 1989 and uh, went finished in 1996. And then he w- went to another place, and I had a lot of research I was doing about altered states of consciousness. I had some uh, instruments, and uh, so I worked out of the house, and then he was in another office, and we had my house where I could do my research together with the, another clinic. And so we did that until about 2008 or nine. And so after that, it's just been me uh, doing my research and working with uh, research about extraterrestrials, other races, and how they relate and who are we in relation to them and about the brain and um, how the brain and the mind, we can do just about anything if we accept it and if we trust in our abilities to seek and go further than uh, the dimensional play in which we're working out our lessons karmically, if you want to use that word, uh, the ones we came Mm -hmm. in with get it right or get it as neutral as we can where we can go on and uh, because we are truly the architect of the being, the self-being. and But we have to learn how to do it. And the more we understand from all areas and all dimension as much as we can, then that means we can see the, the synchronicities and the symbols and not miss them. And those are the signs that our ET brothers and sisters provide for us and our guides, our teachers, and ourselves where we can go further. And so that's uh, that's a short explanation. Great. Wonderful. So I'd like my question for the panel right now is, and you answered it perfectly without even asking it, is to tell us about your um, counseling practice and a little bit of a background and, uh, you know, how you do it. So I want to go round table on that. Uh, we can come back to Karen uh, and we'll have TJ ask you a question. Um, you want to go ahead and ask Karen any questions about what she just said, TJ? And then we'll go uh, and get your background as a, as a counselor and then get mine. So go ahead. Questions for yeah. Karen about her uh, Yeah, Karen, I'd like to know uh, how you got into the ET Psychic ESP CE5 contact, because I know that you you spoke at one of Paula Harris's events, and uh, 
I have. She invited me a few years ago, but my husband was dying. But I'd like to sort of know how you got into the professional arena. And uh, I'm going to take a break for just a minute, uh, Janet, uh, about three minutes while Karen's talking. But I'll, I'm going to go on mute, and then I'll be right back. Okay, go ahead, Karen, and okay. give us an idea of professionally how you got okay, on well, that's stage. A very in- that's a very interesting, yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, how I got with Paula is that one of my students, who is now a very well-known children's writer, Judy Lowe, had come from Unity Church from one of the Sunday services. And then after that, she came over for her session with me and walked in and uh but there's either even something before that like just put that on pause and I'm going to go back about 3 years before that <clears throat> that's when they had the Stephen Bill lights and my husband Robert and I grew up in Glenrose which is close to Stephenville and Stephenville lights everybody knows that story i mean every uh, everybody that was a very famous ufo uh happening and so um, when it came out, I had a, I did a lot of work with a lot of very big CEOs, just themselves, and I had to kind of memorize their accounts, their companies, and I was had a lot of involvement with corporate as well as the therapy and everything else. And so we had a CPA who was good friends with Robert and me, and obviously when it came on the news. Uh, Manford called Robert and said, don't let her go down there. (laughs) And uh, he said, well, he said, if you do, he said, you know, the people she works for will not want to work with her anymore, and she's helping these people. And so Robert, very gently. I'm not sure. Are these the same as Phoenix Lights, or is this a different light? No, Phoenix Lights is a different one. Stephenville Lights uh, is after that. Stephenville Lights... Uh, is when it happened in Stephenville, Texas. Phoenix Lights is uh, happened in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I well, don't know which one happened first. Uh, I think Phoenix Lights was way before uh, Stephenville Lights. Uh, but the Stephenville Lights were when people had, actually people in Glenrose and Stephenville had seen, one of them had seen a mothership in the day. And so, mm-hmm. but anybody would be interested can Google it, and it's everything's on it. But um, okay. so anyway, I, I went ahead and I did what Robert asked me to do. He said, "Please don't, please don't go down there. Please, let's don't." And I said, "Okay." And he said to me, he said, "If if you are supposed to be with those people and involved, they'll come to you." You don't have to go to them. Ooh. I said, okay, well, that's right. So I erased it and had to stop thinking about it. And uh, so then we go back to Judy when she came from her service at Unity Church. And she sat down and she said, oh, you wouldn't believe what they had at church today. And I said, what? She said, well, here's a pamphlet. They're having uh, Starworks USA. It's a UFO conference in Glenrose. I said, are you kidding in Glenrose? She said, well, look at it. And I said, well, let's go. <laughs> and she said, sure. I said, well, let's call right now. It was on a Sunday. I believe in doing everything instantly. I don't wait for anything. Mm-hmm. And right. so I called up, and, and Paula had answered the phone. And so we started talking, and she was 
speak it. We, we spoke a little in Italian because I had lived in Italy for five years, and had come to find out that when I lived in Italy, the American school is where she had taught and had friends, and some of those people had been my clients in Rome. Isn't that weird? Wow. And so okay. she said, "You're not going to believe this." She said, um, "The uh, hypnotherapist that I was going to use for the." for Starworks and Glenrose is not going to be able to come and you're going to be my speaker and I said are you kidding I said I have never spoken in front of this many people she said I'll make it happen for you I said okay well she was magical with all of her energy and everything I mean just razzle dazzle and all that good UFO energy just flashed and then we were all down there and it come to came to find out that some of the CP the CEOs that I worked with even went and we were all there. It was wonderful. And it was the beginning of her Starworks USA. It was the very first one. And so I have and what presented year was that? 2012. What year was that? Okay. 2012. I got that one. And you were there in Glen Rose? No, no, I, no, I wasn't. No, I tried to get back. You were uh, there okay. until she moved out to oh. The Aquarius. That's so. when she first yeah, so started, so. yeah. And then after that, we went to uh, Sebring, Florida. That was excellent. And then we went to Chicago, which was good. And all of them were wonderful. But I have been a a presenter with my music and my hypnosis and uh, for all of them, except last year when oh, Robert okay. passed. So he, she said, from 2012 to now, and it, they've been just magical and wonderful. And uh, I had a couple after Robert passed uh, to call to to text me and uh, message me. They were very sweet, and they said, Karen, we have to tell you this. Uh, Robert was at the conference, and I said, and I wrote I said that doesn't surprise me at all they said yeah my she said my husband my husband felt him tap on his shoulder and Robert was so determined even though he was not well at the time he was going to pay a nurse a lot of money to ride with us out there because we had to drive instead of fly because he had his oxygen and had to use the inogen right and he was going to pay the nurse to get us out there and he was that much of a galactic warrior Totally dedicated, and uh, so, but he he couldn't, and we couldn't do it. So, that's happened, and the rest I said at the earlier show. What happened with the Roswell thing? So that's my story about Paula, and she's a she probably has more historical UFO information than anybody I know. And I'm very grateful to everything that she's done. She's taught me how to speak <laughs> and uh, so good. forth and so on. So that was good. I had done a lot of radio with uh, David St. Clair before that, but I'd never gotten up in front of a bunch of people. I was always too shy until Paula helped make that happen. So that, And I remember seeing you and Sasha and a couple of them in Laughlin, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it Laughlin? Yeah. Right. But you know how the energy works. It moves so quick, you don't have time to really talk or visit much. So anyway, that's my story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's all perfect with the grand design. Um, So so Paula had a bunch of different places, and then is she doing just one a year or is she doing several a year? 
Well, she started off doing the one in Glenrose with Stephen Bell Lights, and then she did uh-huh. ended up doing one in Sebring. I think it was in Florida, and we went in. It was right after the, but when they had the UFO disclosure in May of 2013 with Paul Hellyer, and Paul Hellyer uh-huh. wasn't the one in um, in Sebring, and, and Edgar Mitchell was alive, and uh, we were all there then. That was great. Terry Ling was uh, the UFO director in Florida, and so we put that on. They put that on, and I did my music, <laughs> and uh, that was great. Um, they had many, many presenters that were good. And then from there, in the fall of that same year, I may be wrong on the year, but the, the, we went to Chicago and to uh, to a uh, Place. I think it was near Elmhurst, I'm not sure, and did one there, and that was great. That was when James Fox's little baby was being born, and he couldn't come, oh. but they did him on the on the big screen, live streaming. So um, oh. <laughs> that was really funny and cute, and that was good. And then in and 2014, I think I have that right, is when she, after that went to Laughlin. And from 2014 on, they, we've stayed in Laughlin. Okay, so that's when I started going. Like, so you started I, I met, going. I met, uh, yeah, I met Paula uh, before at all the UFO Congress. And she used to go right. there every year. Yeah, yeah. and it, as a matter but of I fact, I met her before, before Glen Rose. I met her at the IUFOC, do I have that right, in Scottsdale. Yes, uh-huh. You may have been there, too. You I and Sasha, I think, too. were there. Yes, uh-huh. And so we, uh, we were yeah, there. Yeah, we did that together. nonstop. This is the first year we yeah. were Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I know. And so that's that's great. I mean, it's good for us to support each other because we all are contactees. Um, and so forth right. and so on, and uh, we're trying to help, you know, help this planet to awaken. So, yeah. So, uh, TJ, are you back yet? Maybe she's not back yet. Are you back? She's not back yet. Let's I tell you, I want to recommend something back. really cute. I'm back. I want to recommend somebody really, okay, something really cute for everybody. Okay. You know ahead. the two the two little girls. I think it's the sweetest gift I've ever been given or presented by my friend Taryn and it's the two little girls speaking I think I sent that to you I know I posted it on my Facebook but I wish Uh for everybody to listen to that I think it's really innocent and sweet and true yes that's all I wanted to say I'll try to find that okay um all right so CJ how did you get involved in Counseling people. I was an investigator, and uh, it as a teenager, I already had uh, ESP from. I, I think it was from my ET UFO involvement. You know, when I died in the second grade and went to White Sands, New Mexico. I don't know if I had it before that, but I do know I had a little child uh, ET coming and going that my mother couldn't see. I think you and I. I don't think I put that in my book Ace Guide, but my biography, but I did. I had a little friend. So I guess uh, I'm guessing that that person may have helped me have sharper uh, 
in, intel. I, I don't know, folks. I'm guessing. But I believe we're all uh, aliens, to be quite honest, extraterrestrials, because I'm a supporter. I don't know if you'd call it dualism or not, but I believe that we're all a higher essence uh, down here in what I call the uh, body, mind, spirit. But at the same time, I believe that it's uh, part of our a birth life death process so i always felt i was connected and so when i uh died in the second grade with hepatitis i saw angels and they told me i was going to be okay so and then when i went out to white sands i had that you know they willed me or i willed me so this is one of my questions is uh how to go forward with janet and karen and paula all these other women in ufo business et business because i would like to know their uh editorial opinions on how we all get into this however i felt like i was chosen because i always had that feeling of being guided uh and i would see these beings and then uh, i was so curious as to how the ufos came and went that i was seeing when i wasn't seeing beings i was seeing ufos follow me around and at night zip zapping around so i put them together that uh, there was some type of energy i was connected with because when i was the little girl and uh, they, I saw myself, I was outside my body. And so uh, out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences, however, whether you believe in them or not, uh, allowed me to know how to come and go out of my body. And I started doing it a lot more dreaming at night and learning how to face space as a child because I, I uh, wasn't allowed to talk about going to White Sands, so I knew from my grandmother and my uncles that were in some kind of secret, you know, this UFO secret space stuff, that uh, there was something to it, but it was like special. I just felt different and special because uh, the adults around me wouldn't let me talk about it. You know, if I wanted to talk about space or Sputnik or uh, UFOs, or they just, you flying saucers back then in the 50s, folks. But I really was uh, uniquely different. And uh, as a teenager, I would use it with my boyfriend and so people would know how did you know that or how did you do that so when the government came along and discovered me you know going to that james bond movie i talked about i think it was last week in our episode with karen and janet i uh it was really about teenage time i started uh practicing it being a a teenager you know how our hormones are changing <laughs> i was a typical teenager and i was uh pretty and i entered miss astro and got into modeling but i wanted more with my mind i didn't want to just be a pretty girl i wanted to be a smart girl really i wanted to be a boy if i you know if, if i ever get into what uh reality is i really wanted to be a boy and i felt like i was a boy in a girl's body but we can get into that later <laughs> in prior life experience past life regression but all of that goes for me moving into the future where i finally started reading books my mother was an author and uh you know she told us we were the author of our own life story so i started reading but she got upset with me because uh, i was misguided in school not to read fiction even though I worked in the library, I was a, a librarian and got to go out of my third grade class at Ransom Elementary in Monroe, Louisiana, from the third to the sixth grade. I learned how to bind books in there. I was very much on editing, binding books, helping the librarian, Mrs. Townsend. And this could all be proven, but who cares? But anyway, uh, I felt like all <laughs> of it went together. But my mother was really disenchanted because somewhere in high school in Houston, when my mother and dad divorced and moved us to Houston, I uh, 
was taught to only read nonfiction, that fiction was a waste of time, and it was ingrained in my head, and mother got, and I had this big discussion, and so I started looking at metaphysics for some reason. It wasn't, it was sort of a cross between, it wasn't fiction, it wasn't nonfiction, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew that these subjects of my out-of-body, near-death, ET stuff uh, drove me over in the, uh, I moved, I moved around from being a teenager, you know, twirling batons, getting recruited, and my husband working at NASA and all that. But it wasn't until 1984 when um, I, was, I was an investigator. I'd worked my way up, folks, in uh, law enforcement, criminal justice background to be an investigator. And then I, uh, University of Alabama and arson fraud, um, the uh, fire college, so I learned arson fraud subrogation, but fire, and I got to teach with James Posey in investigative services, and uh, I started my company in 78 while I was in the University of Alabama. But it wasn't until 84 where, for some reason that year, uh, I had already had UFO experiences. I was in that 83 New York, me and my children. I was in Rochester, New York, where Richard Dolan and Karen Dolan were you know, living, and my husband was working at Eastman Kodak, and uh, it was a big deal, but I was working for uh, attorneys, Coochie Welch, Colicchio Welch, and they helped a lot of elders with, uh, I, I worked with stock exchange and stuff like that with uh, their money. But I started looking at how ESP and money got all involved, but it made me more curious. But in 84, uh, my attorney died, and uh, I was going to be out of a job because it, uh, my position is investigator for Coochie Welch, Colicchio Welch, and uh, I was also assistant, had to t- uh, do, uh, what did they call it back then, some kind of shorthand. My mother uh, learned it in college, and I had to do shorthand. Uh, I don't even remember it now. Something, But I used to could do it, but uh, it was something you did, bef- and then you'd go to your like electronic typewriter and type before computers. But I wanted to know how all of this stuff worked. So in 84, my uh, very wealthy attorney that knew me from, uh, he gave me a job, when I was 16 and my husband worked at NASA in Clear Lake and League City, he made me a, a apartment manager. And uh, that led to me learning about people and collecting money. And it was a long story. And, and uh, he was very wealthy, drove around his gold Cadillac. And, but he, uh, I, I sent out a resume uh, to people, and uh, he called me. It shocked me. And he said he got my resume. Would I be interested you know, he he went over. You know, what did you do for Jim Posey in Birmingham and your your company? And would you like to keep that going? And you you can come back. And uh, I said, well, what will you pay me? Because I have to move. You know, and uh, he he gave me a I don't know. It was a good salary. I don't know, but uh, then that's when I went over to uh, where John Gray's mother it was. He wrote Men from Mars or Women are from Venus, but his mother ran the Aquarian bookstore right down from Rice University where Mother went as a writer. Mother was very professorial, and she wrote a – she was real educated and real intelligent, had seven of us kids. And uh, she, she, believe it or not, before she died, uh, went to Rice University uh, – I mean, went over to that bookstore and wanted to know – she all of a sudden wanted to know why I was so different because she remembered – me having that little playmate, we talked about that. Why she said, Jan, you know, I don't believe in UFOs, but uh, she got a call from Stanton T. Friedman. Stanton Friedman looking for me because Stanton and I were phone buddies, and he was in Canada, and I was uh, 
in, in living near my mom in Kentucky, but she got a call. And uh, she started putting all this together, but she still didn't. She died telling me she didn't believe in them because she was born in 32, very educated. And, and her genre, her lifestyle and culture didn't believe in this stuff that I did. But it was 84, and I got uh, I went back to Houston, and I got into the Unity Church, and I was baptized, like, again, I've been baptized two or three times as a Baptist and a Mormon, and that was only two, I think. Yeah, just only two. But uh, I, I got hand, laying on of hands in front of about three to 500 people, and we were singing uh, in the Unity Church, uh, We Are the World, We Are the Children, with Michael, which I thought was odd. Uh, with Michael Jackson's, you know, we were all singing old hands, but I got moved to go down in front of all these people in this gold pyramid. And I just walked out there like I was a zombie or a channeling uh, contactee or something and told this couple that was guest pastoring to, uh, I got called by God and to please put their, lay a hands on me and give me a, a blessing. And I was, they looked at each other, were shocked, and talked to the guy that ran the church that was on the, it's a big church, folks, in the gold pyramid. And they looked at him, and he looked at them, and he, he looked like, what do we do? You know, he looked like, so they laid their hands on me, and we had a prayer, and I was called to the psychic world. And I started reading everything I could about all the world religions and churches and UFOs and ETs, and I put it all together with my ESP because that's what the government was interested in was my psychic abilities and how I handled uh, knives and uh, did things as a teenager. It all went together. So I've been on, uh, uh, I've only been on a few radio shows before I, I met Janet in the radio to help her with Stargate to the Cosmos events. But after I, with Janet, I went and did uh, with. Uh, what was her name? Thomas. Marla. Mar- Marla Thomas? It's like Marlo. Marta. M-A-R-T-A. And so I went to Chicago. Me and Jan were just talking about this for the show. Uh, my husband died, and uh, I had four kids with my first husband in NASA. And then Tom, my 20-year-old CIA uh, Reagan president kind of UFO searcher, got him and me to do some uh, hip high order, you know, off-the-record search for all this stuff so he and I got to go to you know all over and got involved in the UFO stuff so uh, all of that went together and I just started writing books because I felt like uh, first of all I was writing UFO Digest and talking to Stanton Friedman about putting this whole story together so uh, we talked with him I I was going to meet him and he sent me his couple of books and told me about Kathy Martin and stay with her and, you know, help her and him because they were writing a couple more books. And he said, I I wish I had time to help you with your book, but you're obviously educated as an investigator, blah, blah, blah. But he would call me about things. He was investigating it. But lo and behold, I found out he had gone to uh, Louisiana to investigate the guy I had gone to investigate for the government when I was doing investigations. And it was uh, Jesse Marcel. And they had my in my first uh, UFO enlistment, and they took me to as a hospital corpsman. Of course, I was in personnel information security. So while I was in the first time, I got to do the you know UFO stuff, and then with uh, my husband 
uh, for Reagan and then uh, got to do it with Stanton Friedman and Don Berliner. And uh, there was some other gentleman in there. And then Jan Aldrich came along and confirmed that recently in our UFO secret space group uh, to start uh, doing these shows and putting it on oral books. But that's the long, that's the short version of how I came to be an (laughs) ET psychic ESP person. And then I started doing the tarot and readings. So I've been doing readings literally since 84. So how many years? 94, 2004, 35, roughly the same, Karen, about the same time, 35 years or so, right? So uh, I just took to it like a duck to water, I guess, Janet. But it's your turn. Well, those 80s this? were magical years. I know that. They were. Those 80s, <laughs> they really were. Yeah. Well, well, so that is very fat. That's wonderful. It's been a good life. Yes, and before we go to me, I want to make sure, um, Karen, do you have any more questions for TJ about what we were just talking no, about? No, I think it's interesting. I'm uh I'm quite familiar with Clear Lake, and uh, when Robert was sick and went to MD Anderson, we lived with some very dear people uh, from time to time in Clear Lake. We were around NASA, and uh, then uh, Houston's very dear to me, and I love that Rice University area. And I remember the Aquarian Bookstore. I think it was, and they had the kind of the, the hippie area in Houston was over by uh Montrose in the late seventies. Do you remember that, TJ? Oh yeah, yeah. I live yeah, and yeah. All of that. I didn't know so about that it was in the great. 70s, but I was investing. Yeah, they started it. around seventy eight. Really, I started professionally doing all this around seventy eight, and I okay, was well, all over from the United States to Brazil. Uh, Part most of the time in Brazil, a few months out of the year in the United States, and then in '84 I started in Italy, and lived there for five years, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I kind of settled down, and then I went for training in Canada for three months uh, with uh, with a therapeutical group, and uh, worked there. I mean, no, and learned there. I was basically in school. And I uh, went to school in California, and then we started the uh, clinic in eighty uh, in ninety. Mm-hmm. And then I was back and forth from again from Brazil to the United States. So I've not been settled really until Robert and I got back together after the second time around in two thousand, because the first time around was from nineteen sixty six to nineteen seventy six, ten years, and then we took a break for. 22 years and well, got back together in 2000. So that's that 10 years. See, I, I met my husband in 66 and we were in high school. Really? But, I, but by 67, it was 66 or 67 when I got my first investigation. I had broke my tooth as a, uh, as a dancer for the spinnerets at the uh, Warwick Hotel and Percy Foreman, my grandmother uh, asked who was the richest or he was the best known attorney and for some reason i'd heard about percy foreman on tv he they made a movie about him dead for the defense but percy foreman so she hired him for me to get my tooth fixed so the warwick with the warwick hotel <laughs> is something else now down there uh-huh. Montrose, uh, right across from the zoo area but then uh i went to work for uh i know you know debakey and didn't because you're the man you worked with but uh i worked for uh 
Dr. Uh, Denton, uh, well, not Denton, Denton Cooley, they had real estate investment, but I worked with his associate, Grady Hallman, and Dr. John Hill. And Grady and uh, John owned uh, Diamond Duplexes right next to the Warwick, just down a side street, where they gave me an apartment in exchange for managing and collecting the rent. And then John, uh, me and Tom knew John through him playing his music, and I knew him through uh, riding horses with his wife, Joan Robinson Hill, who happened to be from Louisiana. And uh, her dad either was racehorse Haynes or Rich something, somebody, but or maybe he hired racehorse Haynes. But she, uh, her... Anybody there? I don't know. Yeah. I can't hear anyone. Hello? Hello? Are you there, TJ? Yeah. TJ, we just, okay. We, we just kind of. Yeah, okay. Say that again. Can you, you hear me? Can, can you hear me now? We can hear you, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 What part did you not hear? I well, you don't know because you didn't hear. <laughs> maybe we maybe we had an interdimensional activity because I'm hearing another conversation in between the physical. But that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> that's the real thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know that what we're supposed to do. Okay. That's strange. Anyway, well, I think that was supposed well, to happen. Ask me a question now. My turn. Ask me a question. Somebody ask me a question. Yeah, Janet, oh, how did you get into this um, ET psychic? Can can you all hear the can you all hear the vibration? It's like we're in a well or Yeah, when you're when you're not talking the echo. It's an echo. Um, Go ahead and mute. Yeah, when you're not talking oh, okay. mute. Okay. Okay. So who's asking oh so TJ asked me how did I get into this? Okay as a teacher. So um, all my life I've been counseling people, younger people than I would come up and uh, tell me all their problems. And I was going, why is everybody telling me my problems? I think that was kind of like the universe telling me that I had an extra level of sensitivity and empathy and that I was able to, um, you know, heal and call people or facilitate their healing. So, I formally got into my studies as a therapist when I met Dr. Lesson in 1997. Up until then, everything was very informal. I met Dr. Lesson at a tantra conference in uh, Mount Madonna, and then I saw him again in upstate New York at another conference, and I decided to go back to Hawaii, pack my stuff, um, leave my functional relationship on a lot, and move in with Dr. Lesson in September 1997. And when I landed here, he told me in counseling sessions right away. So I was like the secretary for for, um, uh, Carl Jung, and Carl Jung uh, was our lineage. We went to study with Dr. Hallett and the Stone. They were uh, Jungian psychiatrists, psychologists, and Carl Jung was, uh, um, not Carl Jung, Hal Stone, Dr. Hal Stone, studied directly with Carl Jung. Hal is in his fighting cell. So um, we were doing a process called voice dialogue facilitation. But before I met Dr. Wilson, I had been in years of, of counseling therapy because I kept getting involved in very dysfunctional and 
often violent uh, relationships where the man was hitting me. And so I I loved to read books and start studying psychology, and I happened upon this wonderful book um, and a, a series of uh, uh, they were tapes at the time by Marianne Williamson on counseling. And so I started to immerse my process, myself in this process of why I kept having dysfunctional relationships and even uh, what happened that I kept getting uh, beat up by different people over the course of my life and my marriages. So there was a process called the Imago process. And it's how we subconsciously uh, we recreate the issues that we had uh, with our parents. And so we are drawn to and attracted to and tend to get involved with those people that would heal our um, issues that we have that were unfulfilled by our parents. And so um, I had read a, I read a book by Harville Hendricks on the Imago process, and then lo and behold, when I met Dr. Leslie, we started doing uh, relationship counseling with other people. We did talk psychology, the Imago process, voice dialogue facilitation, which is a, a therapy where you learn how to be conscious, uh, realize hypnotherapy, past life regression, childhood, um, uh, cultural conditioning and religious programs. So I was in like an advanced level class, and then I went over for uh, several advanced uh, studies with um, Dr. Uh, Howard Sidney Stone, and then I got involved with um, a whole trip of breath work, uh, met um, Stan Groff, met John Mack, who you know in the uh, psychology or in the, uh, the alien oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. hypnosis and integration field. Yeah, so uh, I was just in the process for, you know, and it happened for the last 20 years, and so we've done, you know, lots of, tons of uh, workshops. Uh, we had the certification process, even here at the house, and my husband is a uh, workshop junkie, even though he has advanced degrees, passed the PhD level, he likes to keep learning, likes to keep teaching, and then we do a synthesis of all the different processes. And um, Anyway, it was just been a powerful education, and it brought me full circle to what I was doing already as a, uh, a, a child, a teenager, even when I was at Penn State University in 89 to 93, I was facilitating a group, one of the earliest um, alien contactee groups, a friend of mine, uh, we've got a adult education uh, room. They allow people who want to teach to apply, and we started doing um, <laughs> ET contacting groups, and that was from 89 to 93. One of our adversaries was Bill Class. So anybody who knows the UFO field, that was the debunker to disinformation agent, and he kept trying to bring us down and attack us and and he didn't come to Penn State, but he sent his number one, um, it was one of the professors, actually, and he was a debunker. So we were having these debates. And eventually, the last year we were doing a group, I got uh, Linda Bolton Howe. And when Linda was coming to town, I said, I'll, I'll probably two, three hundred press releases. This is at Penn State University. So I went to press releases into Ohio, West Virginia, New York, uh, all the surrounding areas, um, before Linda came, I, I was invited to go on the radio, to all these radio shows. So there I was, 
on the radio show in the late 80s and early 90s, and I was up against all these people that were non-believers. So I know what you're up against, Karen, because I was getting them left, right, and everywhere. But I was also yeah. Some people, of the people, I, I some know. of the people you mentioned, I've heard of, and and actually at a practice in Dallas. Did you say Harville Hendricks? Did you mention him? Yes. Was uh-huh. he one of? Yes. Harville well, he had a practice in Dallas. I was on a panel with him with a Jungian psychiatrist by the name of uh, oh, what it was his last name was Doctor Doctor Hall, James Hall, and we they were at SMU yeah, on a panel. Yeah, that's when, in the good old days, Dallas was very metaphysical. And people who were a very wealthy group of people uh, put a, a, in one of the halls, Selectman Hall, they put in a Rosicrucian minister who was an Episcopalian minister, uh, Father Tolliver, uh, Taliaferro. And so he actually held services and the whole thing of metaphysics at SMU. Can you imagine that? So wow, that, anyway, that's I just great. wanted to share all that. I knew some of those people. That's you, you had a, you have a, had a great great background, Janet. My goodness. Now that's well, that is, and then I was doing my own therapy. To be a good therapist, you have to do your therapy. You have to be a clear channel. You can't be uh, projecting your your junk on other people. So you have to keep working on yourself. And every time you do work with other people, and if you find yourself getting triggered or having judgments or projections, you go. Well, I've got to own this because I'm, I'm you know, I still have stuff. And so, That's right. <laughs> I, I hear you. And I really <laughs> wanted to get it. I really wanted to get it because I, um, my mother would uh, do weird things like strangle me. Um, you know, I, I, and it was like, one woman I met, her name was, um, what was her name? Angelica. I met like an Angelica. Her name was, she was very Asian. In, in Oahu, when I moved here in 1993, and she said, "Who abused you, your mother or your father?" And I said, "And I had totally uh, rewritten a new history for myself. My parents never abused me, you know." And she <laughs> said, "Well, you had to, because you got involved with such a dysfunctional um, person to begin with, and that really got me thinking. Like, why did I get involved with a man?" that was beating me and holding a gun to my head. And he, and he shot at me one time. And it's like, that was crazy. Anybody who loves himself and is more and more unconscious would leave that man and never look back. But I kept um, I kept with it thinking I could change him somehow. Like, you know, I don't know why I kept believing that, but, you know. And, uh, of course, you can't change somebody. That's who they are, right? So you have to change yourself. And, Keep on going. So, um, anyway, that's kind of my background. But I've always been psychic. I've never felt comfortable doing psychic readings, but when I'm doing sessions, uh, I'll just I'll wrap this up. I was doing a session with uh, Dr. Lucas in New York, and this fellow uh, was describing his childhood, and all of a sudden I, I get a tap on my shoulder. And uh, I said, I think... Um, you know, Joe's mother wants to come through and talk to us. So Sasha so said, okay, let's try this experiment. Allow her to come through without taking over, but allow her to use your voice box. The next thing I know, I'm channeling, and I'm channeling the man's mother, and, and he's telling um, a piece that he kept missing in therapy, which was vital. He wanted to know why she'd kill herself. And um, she had been... Um, the, the issue of a, a molestation and rape 
and she didn't want to, she couldn't look at herself knowing that her husband was not the father of this child. So she went out in the car and, and put a hose in the car and turned it on and killed herself. So anyway, so I learned that I could channel, and I had always been psychic and uh, very intuitive, and I'd seen ghosts all my life, seen ETs all my life, all my life, back to the crib. So that's kind of how I got started, but it's an ongoing practice, and I'd love doing therapy with people. Okay, let's go back. So, Karen, you asked a question, and we'll go round table with that. Well, first of all, I um, want to say that's a, ahead, a fantastic okay. history and, and experience that you've had, and I can feel your energy. You were just came here to do therapy. You were very good. So I just was reading Thank that. You. That's beautiful. And TJ, yours is something else. I'm telling you. I mean, this is yours is fantastic. You could make a movie. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Uh, you, so what you do you want to ask TJ? Next question. So we'll go around the table with it. What do I'll I want to ask TJ? Yeah, you ask TJ. Let's try. Let's try to keep it like um, ten minutes. Um, and then we'll pass the talking to So we get to do three rounds for the end of the show. Yeah, okay, I'm, so I'm, inter- yeah I'm interested. And uh, you, it's almost like you went so many places, TJ. Just it's so much in a short period of time that was just kind of pull, like time and space were just kind of blended, which was very interesting. And I'm still interested in your connection in uh, – in, uh, Area 51 and White Sands, because when you're talking about this, you know, I'm able to see, and I'm sure we all are, the three of us anyway, uh, are able to see this other little picture, kind of this other little film kind of going on, and we're watching films of what each other's saying, and I think that's interesting, and if I'm aware if you can't say anything or you don't feel comfortable talking about it, I respect that. Well, no, this gives for, me a chance for certain to figure reasons. Out. Can you hear me okay? Uh huh. I can hear you well. Can't. I don't know why there's a background a uh, little bit. Can you turn your sound down, or is Karen? Are you, you're not me? sitting in front of a computer, are you? No. Huh. Okay. I, I'm a computer's in the room, but it's closed down. Oh, okay. Well, I am I am in a building that has bad Wi-Fi, so you're right on that. I have bad Wi-Fi in this building I live in. Yeah, you're probably hearing that. Okay. Well, no, I don't mind answering questions. Do y'all hear a background? Or is it just me? Just go. It's not that loud, TJ. Just keep going. Okay. I'll pass it. Uh, all right, I'm making call in on another phone, but I, I don't mind. It seems to help me if somebody asks me a direct question because uh, okay, I, have, sure. I have done various levels of uh, living a very fast-paced life in various lanes. You know how people say, stay in your lane. Well, I have to say, well, which yeah. lane are we talking about? Because I don't I know. know. Now, are we talking about the government lane? Or are we talk- But you did mention t- uh, two places. But I know the Army Corps of Engineers, from my education uh, investigation, was that uh, prior to us having Area 51, and what else did you mention? You said another word, but I've already I forgotten. Guess I, I guess basically I can help you a little bit. 
because okay. I know I was too scattered. Which which was your which which time and which thing was your favorite that you really felt that you really years. working working huh. with Tom working out his story versus my story because of the extraterrestrial and the uh, ET and the CIA and how the government worked. Uh, his story going back to uh, Hitler and his interests versus my interests. But uh, he was a weapons person. And, of course, I was trained in weapons, but fortunately as a hospital corpsman with interrogation as an investigator, I didn't have to worry about killing people. You know, I didn't even waterboard people. <laughs> my skills were wow. more loving, using love and language as a communicator with extraterrestrials. So I guess my part would be rewriting reality history uh, as a uh, phase, uh, uh, biophaser. How do they say that? Where you know that we're, this is like an illusion and a reality that we all create our own inside whatever it is with our uh, senses. So I, my favorite part was learning extraterrestrial senses and how to travel multi-universes knowing that I could do it out of body, but I never really learned how to speak about it. And whenever uh, I worked with extraterrestrials, the 20-year program with Tom was, I, I liked it. I like working with Steve and NASA, you know, and all the engineers and scientists and, you know, like Ken Johnston and Werner von Braun, all those kind of people. But that was way back in the day, and Tom didn't come into my life that I knew about till 95 in Dallas, where you are. So my favorite time would be Dallas. Yeah, forward. In That's interesting. Yeah. So learning well, I that, think it's uh, fantastic. That's why I was out researching on my own after I met Janet about physical reality because of the spiritual science involvement and how uh, in Hawaii I was teaching. I loved teaching, and even when I went to college again later on in life as a retooler in her 50s in 2007, uh, they, they would – put me in front of the people and they put me in front of people in the Navy too in Hawaii so I learned I did love to teach people but uh, I never had a real platform it was either for the government or for health and wellness or uh, my psychic network was created by the extraterrestrials they gave me a, a magical vision while I was in Hawaii with this uh Emblem. They made this brand logo, and they uh, hit. It came down with lightning like so, and, and I, I got interested in folklore. So I have the Ace Folklife Society and Ace Metaphysical Institute because of the metaphysics involved with uh, psychic phenomena and uh, magic. Because there's no other word for it, you know metaphysics, esoterics, and all of that. So that's what I was looking for, and. Uh, it was about 94 in Hawaii, and I did people synergistically involved all the way up to the Tony Robbins $5,000 level, you know, and then you get the book. So I completed a complete 
uh, people synergistically involved. I really enjoyed those classes. So I liked learning, but I also liked teaching. But the part I liked most was the extraterrestrial puzzle and mysteries and learning that there was another man that had been off planet and that Ronald Reagan, you know, he liked psychics like Michael Jackson. So when I was a reader for Michael Jackson and I didn't know I was reading for him, I think the parts I like is the parts that happen that I'm doing readings for people that believe like I do, but it's a joy to help them see what I see and help them be better or put their lives together. So I don't know what that's called. So uh, the part I enjoy the most is the learning, is how to put all this together because it feels like extraterrestrials know what we're doing and how we're evolving, oh, yeah. but we're all at our own pace. So it, I sort of get the feeling that we're all uh, like 65, uh, let's see, how many strands, 23, 46, but I, I got the impression that they enjoy watching universally how we come down in a container and we uh, become those that survive under trials and tribulations. So Tom was interested in how they observed uh, when we were in war. They don't like war. They don't believe in war. But they had one group in another universe that that's all they were. And so Tom and I started comparing it with Worf because when we were off planet on a spacecraft, what Janet calls a mothership, our, uh, we'd work with a flagship and, uh, you know, we learned about why they did Roswell and all those. It was a 20-year period with him that offered me a way to observe being on the planet uh, in space, not in this planetary system, not in the uh, Milky Way galaxy, but outside the galaxy from Andromeda galaxy. So I had a 20-year time frame of uh, observing faster than the speed of light, but being able to come back into my body and try to figure out how do they do that, you know? So it's like dying, but it's not dying. It's like seeing yourself but not yourself so I learned to observe the observer and there was a point in time where I was asking them why they don't teach everybody and Tom and I were getting in these religious talks that uh, they they, I wouldn't want to ask these extraterrestrials because they were us but they were higher evolved uh, in the future like with Al Belick and Preston Nichols you know how you go in the future Yeah, well, we I wanted to them. know, they, they taught me how to go on this circle of life, but it's in a dimension of black, dark matter. But they would spin it and show me. Uh, so I learned, I went to school, like to ET school of the universes, you know, outside my body. But <laughs> right. I was able to see visions, well, probably like you do, where, you know, ver- certain galaxies or universes spin certain ways and others spin other ways and how they work and uh, I was I wanted to get to talk to somebody on the planet besides my husband about this stuff but Janet only uh, helped me a little bit because she was interested in how Tom and I met and Gus but uh, we didn't get very far and it's been eight years so I don't know if the the last eight years with Janet seems like it's been controversial because 
I'm trying to find out how to speak about the things there are no words for. So the uh, when she brought well, you on, I Well, sometimes I don't like think there are words. I don't think there are words. This is interesting. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But sometimes I don't think there are words uh, or the verbiage at this time to, to, to do that. So that's what I do with my sound. And that's whenever I channel those MP3s, or I channel, and and I believe that I believe the three of us are communicating right now just through energy sound. We don't even know it. And we look around, and you'll see the signs and the symbols and the little static or the little things we were hearing about in the background as we were talking. Probably wasn't a, a defect. It was probably we had some company and some help. So oh. sometimes. Uh, you know, that's what I feel. Uh, I feel that the people who are supposed to hear us will hear us and will hear the words. You don't have to produce them or worry so much about it because that's my opinion and that's what they've channeled to me many times. Because I, but one of the hardest things I have to do is explain to people how this is. And so you're not the only one. I totally relate to that. But what's interesting to me right now is with all that's going on in our globe on this planet, why more people aren't seeking beyond this awareness? I mean, I know a lot of them are, but the majority still aren't. Uh, I'm curious she who about asked the question has an answer. Let's, let's, let's look at that. So, uh, Karen, you... You can't pose this question, psychology, you can't pose this question without having an idea of the answer. So from your right. perspective, since you evoke the question, what do you think is the answer? I think the answer is that they're here to go forward with this and to awaken, and I do believe that there are different stages of what's going to happen here. And uh, I just think that we're all here to develop and learn and, and some and – we're, people like us who are interested in what we've been talking about are here to awaken those that are having a hard time to wake up and see on a higher level. That's my opinion. Yeah, some so people say, why aren't there more? Why, we're why we're all more? driven. Like you know, we're we're all driven. You know, we're all here talking right now because we're driven. You know, we have a force and a desire that's probably most of what we think about. And so that energy goes out there. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, that's what I believe. Okay. So, TJ, what's your answer to that question? Uh, I didn't hear the question. Well, the the question question was more of a statement. It was kind of a mixture. It wasn't really a question. I guess I'm just... I guess it's a statement. Uh, I'm concerned as to what's, what it's going to take to awaken more people, to uh, oh. move to. That's what. Was, that's what I'm. Oh, I was we, told we've hit the pretty. The, when I got into that uh, spiritual religious side of Tom and the extraterrestrials, because they are so advanced, they don't have wants or needs or desires, but they will not war or fight or kill and uh you know that's why they wanted me and tom and we were treated like royalty 
because of our DNA enhancement, I guess, or being human. They treated us like we were uh, royalty. Now, I do know some of the people because one of the investigations, one of the girls in one of my metaphysical groups was looking for her father. And I wouldn't take on the investigation. There's some, I, I didn't care how much money they paid me because my minimum was $5,000 just to start and then 55 an hour after that, you know, because investigation's hard, and I have to use a lot of my contacts. Uh, it, it's, it's complicated for people. But uh, anyway, they told me that, yes, they. I was asking extraterrestrials, and it was very hard because... They were more involved with uh, doing universal, you know, universe to universe and how we figure out, you know, past, present, future and uh, watching us with our energy and nuclear. And, you know, the people that Tom and I worked with that were high-minded physicists or engineers or astronauts or government officials that were, you know, at that level are uh, read into the uh, compartmentalized you know, way above the president and all that. They would, uh, a lot of them would work in groups and teams with people from all over the world, but they didn't know how to leave either. And I was amazed as why our government and all the planet with the different people working in uh, research and development, underground usually, you know, because that Army Corps of Engineers in the United States made those, uh, I guess during World War II, because... I I didn't get to discuss a lot of religion because Tom wouldn't because he didn't want to messing with his belief system about God and the Bible. But I was curious because of uh, the Anunnaki and Sumerian tablets and all that stuff. So we had a difference of opinion of our human reality, called your history, culture, or biological intelligence in a human form, right? So while we were developing our uh, future AI selves, there was a a pushback is what we say in today's time. Tom would push back, so I didn't get to learn as much. But what I could surmise, don't quote me, but this is in my own mind's eye with my little pea brain because I understood our brains were so small we couldn't handle everything, was that human souls as they come out of this place where they make them in space evolve not like AI because they can do that too you know it's, uh, they can make anything it's like in the future we don't have wants needs and desires we don't have sex we don't have uh, marriages you know we have a lot of beings all colors and all kind of they may or may not have sex like what was it on the earth? Lizards or, I don't know, there's some things in nature here that has sex with women and no, no sex at all. They can make babies. So there's all those types in space, right? But uh, it was hard for me because they would send women to Tom to mate, and yet it wasn't required. It was his choice. But some women wanted have babies, so I was like, what is all this about? Because I wasn't married to him. I was with him for five years, so I would get jealous, which was not a good thing. So even though we were treated like royalty, we still had emotions to develop in our biological systems. That was their uh, 
It's like them going back in time, because I could go into the future. They could go back in time. And then in this other place where the Allied Council would talk to the Supreme Council, they would establish who got to come and go universally, uh, sort of like wormholes, but they're not. You know, we we steer clear dark black holes, so I, I got that. But the part that they were most curious in was, for entertainment purposes, was how we evolved as souls. So uh, it has to do with universal level of intelligence, how they see biological in nature, everything, all animals, humans, all types of humans. And then the gods, they have the demigod level. You know, they have the angelic realm or the the angels that can't go in. They can come and go like avatars, but there's the angelics and the, uh, well, the council level that has evolved through thousands of years. And then they have the millions of years if you want to go on a timeline. But the way that I understand each one of us as a containment unit is we are, well, like some of the greys know they're biologicals, but they're also AI, and they're okay with that because they're created. So they're created differently than ones that can mate or have, like humans say, soul. But we, in the future, it's all the same thing. And so they come back for souls to evolve in this time, uh, because the biologicals here have emotions. Over millennia, over millions of years, billions, trillions of years, they have evolved out of the type that we are. So my understanding is they're trying to – well, they don't have to try. They do it. They're, uh, they're so far advanced, they can't really make people like me with a human brain understand who they are. So there's levels in involvement. So – The best I could do was I was asking them, okay, one of my assignments was to recruit some, uh, like Star Wars, uh, uh, what do they call them? Pilots, pilots. Uh, It scared me to death. So I went to Roswell to talk to Glenn Dennis about it because, uh, why did I go to Glenn Dennis? They sent me. So they wanted him to know, I mean, they wanted me to talk to him and confirm for him before he died about the grace. So uh, they had me talk to him in a private session about Jesus and the Greys and uh, heal one man for uh, S- Sally Hester because she put everything with the Jesus level. And I got to meet him or the person for me that was a Jesus level. That's a, G- that's a level of intelligence, a level of existence, vibration, source, code, or whatever. So I wanted to uh, – I didn't want to, but – uh, I did it for her so she could see how it worked when you're working in that belief system she's in with Jesus. So they told me to tell this man he was going to die of a heart attack if they, he didn't go see about himself. And Glenn and Sally wanted to know how that worked. How, who are you to Jesus? And I said, I'm his daughter. They are like, what? And I said, well, and you're the way you think I would be his daughter in this reality. But in the past lives, I was... You know, a daughter, but in this reality, you know, I'm just a follower of that level of intelligence. So, but sometimes they'll let me kill people, you know. So, anyway, I, I didn't have to heal him, I just had to show Sally and Glenn how it worked because they knew Glenn was going to pass. He was getting 
not, I don't know if it was Alzheimer's or something where he couldn't remember stuff. But when I went to get those pilots, uh, it was hard to believe. So Sally was a believer, but she didn't know how to accept it. So she and I sort of, she I think she gave my, she ordered my book. I had to go make copies for $65 because it's real thick. It wasn't printed on the planet. So she gave it to, she asked me if I knew who George Knapp was. And I said no. But she met with him about me. But they didn't pursue anything because uh, I think the ETs get involved. But it's very complicated. But it's like, from what I can understand, we got to train me and Tom around the U.S. with video games, with the Star Trek video games, and show people and meet men and show them. And I met with people that were real pilots and simulations in Oklahoma. And then, uh, well, it's real deep. It gets real deep real fast. So it depends on where you take me, Karen. But I hope that helps. It's well, I think it's very interesting. Control. Yeah, it's just my story. Right. But it's all I could surmise from not them quoting me word by word because they didn't. It was ESP. But when you're on a different reality and you're trying to find out things and you only know the words on the planet, you know what I mean? Like, well, what are these fire claims yeah. about? Or what is this Bible? And, you know, that's basic instruction before leaving Earth, depending on the history that you've been left mm-hmm. by your fellow humans. Oh, great. Right. You know? And I always learn the, the people that won the wars are the ones that wrote it anyway. But sometimes they could stuff stuff, and they found that a lot of those stories are true. You know, so I didn't feel too bad, but Tom just didn't want to hear it. He wouldn't want. He didn't want them to change his reality. His father was a preacher. His uncle was a preacher. His his grandfather lived to be 108, almost 109 years, and they just wanted to know what they wanted. You know, and they preached doom and gloom. And Tom asked his grandfather, "Why are you always preaching doom and gloom in the churches?" And he said, "Because it works. <laughs> it works. It keeps uh-huh. people humble." Anyway, I'll shut up. No, I think that was very good. I think you spoke very well and extremely interesting. And I could see it all. I could see I was I, I'm able to see a little film like watching a little movie while you're talking as we wow. can do. So I think that was very well. Um I think that we've had so many different we've had so many things in our world, not in our lifetime, but Gosh, we just finished with 9-11, you know, what, 20 years ago almost, 19, 20 years ago. And it's stayed for a while with people. And oh, it yeah, we a had lot a producer, himself. Janet and I had a producer really? working with us, and he killed himself, but people don't oh, know he took goodness. his own life. Yeah, he worked. Wow. Uh, when I was in when I was in California, I had an office here for five years. I went uh, to do psychic readings uh, for some of their people, and I went to Ron Howard's office. It was Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, but Paul Rosenberg worked there. But uh, Paul came with us because he was getting confused. He got that Solomon sickness when you get too much in your belly, metaphysically or magically, that you'll over. You you sort of implode on yourself, but he got caught uh-huh. in that rapture. Uh, uh-huh. What's it called? You know what I mean? That triangle where you go positive, negative, zero, uh, interdimensional. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, Janet. Why did he call that? It was a Jewish term. He 
Gematria? What was it called? Gematria. You're right. See, Wasn't Janet he doing Gematria? Yeah, Gematria. <laughs> she got lost in the language of our oh, ascension that's, age. That's great. I didn't understand Gematria. I didn't quite get 100% what that is or was or even is now, but... He kept mentioning when you it. can't communicate, so, like I have trouble communicating, it makes you, it's called the Solomon sickness in the ancient mystery schools where the magic in your brain, and uh, it's not a psychosis, it's not, you know how psychology with Freud and Jung, we've all studied that, you know, we have psychology background folks, but with, uh, when you start speaking and communicating and you're, you're doing your best to verbalize your senses, including your sixth sense, because we were moving into that. 2001 was all about the crumbling of the World Bank system, and uh, uh, it was really all about the fact that our monetary system with the computers and AI, so we anything you think we're going through now, we've already gone through 50 or 100 years ago, but we were moving timelines around in uh, all these holograms that we call reality, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's realities were blending in, but the fall of the uh, uh, financial economic system and who had what records in all the greed uh, of the uh, politicians and uh, Wall Street, you know, back to Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan and uh, who was that other one? Anyway, all the big kingpins back after World War II. So all that was coming uh, with the intelligence communities and the records. So we were going. It's a big, long problem, but greed takes over with the organizations and military-industrial complex and intelligence communities. And, but, you know, the ETs watch all that. They just observe it. They sure you know, do. So, they sure do. So I understand how hard it is to find, you know, earth words to describe this. It's almost an impossibility. And so I understand, and I've experienced it a lot. But that's why I thought that little video was so cute. Those little girls said that so simple and so sweet with a ton of all this, you know, to help. But then we, I I feel, it's my belief, that we're not – Moving, we haven't moved as fast as maybe what we could have if we had awakened more at that time. Now I don't, I don't like to say could have or should have, but and then because I do believe everything is in divine order, but in essence, of uh, the vibration of the masses is what needed this COVID or these other things in the to manifest in order to awaken even more. So we're nothing special. We're not any better than anybody else, but we did volunteer to come here and do this as well as many other people did too. And it is like a war. And we're in those times to bring about peace and love and understanding and and also to help the animals. My goodness, I'm a big animal person. So especially Paul, who was even... Paul was even, uh, after he did our show for the Ascension Age community, he loved our spiritual science community. But the uh, gematria was the Kabbalistic method of interpreting uh, Hebrew scriptures, you know, the Jewish with numerical values and words. So he got constituted in that with uh, 
his entertainment world, and he he was working for Weinstein, and he told me, uh, you know, not Judge Weinstein, it was uh, like that Epstein guy. Harvey. Uh, who was it? The two Harvey, brothers. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, Harvey yeah. was the two, yeah, the two, went to jail for a long time. Yeah, they were they were real. Uh, Paul was real good. Paul was sweet, and he was uh, spiritual. But he was watching all this Hollywood dark under uh, current, you know, the uh, women and the uh, Hollywood couch. How you had to have sex with people, and. Uh, you know, I I didn't I wasn't into all that. I mean, when I was young, sure, when I was pretty, and they tried to get me, you know, to go into Hollywood and, and do stuff. But I never had to, you know, go to bed with anybody. But I learned as an I always thought like an extraterrestrial observer or investigator. So the sex stuff didn't interest me, and I didn't have to do that. But I didn't want to be movie star either. So you know, it wasn't like that. I but. He worked in it because he believed in it, and he was a famous skier, little tiny guy. But uh, his family had a little bit of money, so he had uh, ambition. He had ambition. And in his past life, he worked with the king of Solomon and with Solomon and King David. You know, he his name was Paul David Rosenberg, I think. So he knew of his Assyrian background. You know, back in the 700s in, in hey, his TJ, past life. What? TJ, TJ, can I make this question? This is kind of off topic, and this person isn't even oh, part well, of this. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. Can we get something more re- relevant to our conversation? Yeah. Go ahead. Kind of okay, go ahead. I'll set up. Far um, sure, go ahead. No, I just, I just want to be more on topic. Um, so, um, Karen, do you have a show... I mean, give a question that will bring us back into the topic of our discussion okay. today. <laughs> well, basically, it's the, it, I, I feel the influence of other races, other extraterrestrials around us now uh, more, and I think they're helping us as much as <clears throat> as they can or as they will. And I think I'm just making a statement. This is not a question. This is just how I'm feeling okay. and what I'm receiving right now. Um, I think that that my desire is what I've come here is, and I know you guys too feel the same, is to help people to see beyond, and that this is a play. We we we're the architects of our plays, and just like Shakespeare said, it has its entrances and its exits. And we have many plays on this level and interdimensionally too. And we can be, they can all be happening at the same time on whatever way we do it. But right here on the earth plane, we're experiencing all these things, literally. And I think that we've, what, what I feel is that ourselves and others like us are here to help others to understand as much as we can. So that's why I agree with TJ. It's hard to find words. And when I find words or come across words or like that little video I keep talking about, you know, that was simple, sweet, and very thorough. And people could get it if they were going to get it. And I think there are ways to do it. I think uh, 
I think we just have I think our energy produces it. We don't have to worry about words so much. Uh that's what I feel. And I feel like that there I feel I feel their presence right here with us right now. Mhm. So what do they want to say to us? I think they're trying to help us to do to do the words and to know what this is and there there's some that are of course there are many that are here among us <laughs> and they shape shift mm-hmm. some of them have to watch their shape shifting or they'll shift back and then they'll have to redo their shifts and <laughs> reshape themselves but um i think that what i feel is that they are among us and they're working this with us and we have some uh races that have their own agenda in other levels and we have some that are here that are of the highest light realm of love and to help this planet because i think we have a beautiful planet in the milky way and i think that it's worth saving we have to say we have to save the animals and help the animals that can't speak a language but their language and their sound and ourselves and the people we love and i think that's so important to work from the love and peace because when things like this happen that everybody's experiencing you know there a, a men, mental health thing comes in with all this you know mm-hmm. having to stay put you know having to hunker down and stay safe which is necessary i think we're opening up a little too soon but i think you know yeah, they, they said that uh, california california is getting a second wave Florida is getting yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of states and, and i, didn't and look I at think the chart that, today but yeah mm-hmm. i think and we could do it if we would but i, I don't want to get off on that um it's just real simple you know, glove up, mask up, and watch the distance. But nevertheless, I think this is happening to people to give an opportunity to ask questions among themselves, within themselves, more about what's going on. And uh, But I feel like that um, the ET extraterrestrial group, many or whatever, uh, they also feel like we do. They have feelings. Like uh, Clifford Stone mm-hmm. wrote that book uh, back in 2012 when he had when he worked with one, and it was very frightened. Do you remember? Do y'all remember that book? I don't know the name I of it. I didn't right read the book. Summarizes. Yeah, I know that uh, he, Paul Harris helped him get it together. But, but he he seemed uh, to be sold. He couldn't get it for Britain, so she helped him. He, so what was yeah? The, the, she did. He was scared. Well, he actually. He actually had a conversation with one, and and his job was to help it. It was the captured one, and that, mm-hmm. that he would tell the story and he would cry. He was interviewed by Stephen Greer on one of her symposiums about it. It was really incredible. Mm-hmm. And the little guy said he was afraid. He wanted to get home to his family, and he did this all you know telepathically. And um, Clifford helped him do it. And uh, so it happened. But they have feelings. 
you know, these particular ones mm-hmm. do. I think some of them are more AI. It's like some of them feel differently. <coughs> but the ones that he was working with had feelings like we did and that he was scared, afraid mm-hmm. something was going to happen to him. So I think that also there are those that are here that are are of love and, and real, real feelings of camaraderie because we are that. And we in the future, and it's a future part of us coming mm-hmm. back. But I think that they don't want to be hurt either. You know, I mean, everything is rough down here, and I think they, a lot of this stuff is happening in order to create an easier time for them to make an arrival. I do feel like that we're getting closer. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it has, in my opinion. See, we, we have the introduction of this catalyst, which is, you know, the COVID, and it's somehow forcing us to go inside, and then you get into these um, selections you have to make, and it polarizes us, and, and people are on one side or the other side or in the middle, and they keep going back and forth. It seems like an accelerator, because we were pretty much stalled. We were stalled as a species. Uh, we started to polarize slowly and that we were, you know, getting into this demonization and projection process. And it's been symbolized by the ongoing racism that um, has been, you know, here all along, but it seems to yeah. go to the peaks and valleys. So it was starting to kind of coalesce and um, settle down in terms of uh, acceptance. You can, now you can turn on uh, YouTube or the television and you see people of color in and lots of leading roles, and I remember also the 70s, it was like, uh, it was so exciting, there was one, um, there was one show, was it somebody, it was a black star that was the, um, a secret agent, right? So they, <laughs> I forget the name of it. Um, <laughs> so we used to just have an occasional, you know, we had the Jeffersons, and it was just far too between, we had the Cosby's family, right? So they, they were the only black family on television during through the 80s and 90s, and then all of a sudden now it seems like we've pushed to a, a gap. Um, there's all these um, people of color in lots of leading roles, you know, movies and television shows, and they're, and they're featuring people of color. And that, then we see the browning of America. Um, TJ's uh, grandchildren are, are colorful, you know, as she was... The first generation was um, all white on all sides. My family was all white on all sides. And now I don't have personally children, but my brother's grandchildren and great-grandchildren are all um, mixed races. And so it's very interesting to see that. And yet, at the same time, we're making all this progress. And we have um, the killing of the poor guy. um, And then we fall back into that, which is terrible. Yeah. And and, uh, let me see the... Minneapolis, and, and now there's burning. Today, there's burning all over America. Cities all are over. burning all buildings. Over. And I, I never understood uh-huh. when you're doing the writing to go burn random buildings. But anyway, there's something going on there. Um, and I, I'm not meaning to offend anybody. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. And then the, everybody's grappling with the racism, you know. Um, well, I think a lot of people who are in yeah. the elementary stages are are coming out. I mean, you know, they're, um, I don't know. They have, Everybody to me is equal. Uh, 
it's not about color. It's not about anything. It's about a, a spirit. It's about the self. But there's a lot of this happening, a lot of crime, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. just uh, murder, you know. Uh, I mean, that man yeah. uh, in Minnesota literally killed this man who was begging for his life. And I think that right. as we evolve to a higher level of spirit and love, less and less of these things hopefully will happen. And that's what light workers and people who are here to do this are from, and our own species of where we came from, too. Mm-hmm. you know, play a part in an ability to help out with that. So I think it's sad. In in many parts, like what you said, Janet, it's going backwards to, as right. far as the racism is concerned, which is terrible. Yeah, I remember, so, uh, I'm 66, and I remember the race riots, and I lived in the northeast of uh, the country, and uh, in Pittsburgh, and under, um, in, I think it was six, 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 seven, I want to say it was 12, so I was 66 or 67, and I, um, I walked down through with my girlfriend through this part of town, which you could still, still see the smoldering fires. They had put them out there with a little bit smoke mm-hmm. coming out of the rubble. And, uh, anyway, so I personally experienced it. I had to face my own uh, fears. She wanted to walk down into this part that was all black and it was still burning and and I she said it was going down there when we're walking past it on the outskirts and I said, Really? And um and I, I was facing, well, what am I afraid of? Um just something's a different color. So I decided to just go with her. I said, Okay, let's walk down there and so you can see it was an all black neighborhood and they're looking out their windows of these two little Teenage white girl boldly walking down, and and uh, she was two years older than me, so I just followed her, and she walked up to one of the houses, and she walked up to the door, and somebody answered, and she said, "Just checking, are you okay?" And they came to the door, and said, "Yeah, we're fine." It was brief conversation, and we went on. So now um, there was an article that said that, um, like, basically everybody's a racist, right? And, and I've, I've had these conversations about racism. I, I have a very dark-skinned Cuban fellow who lives on my property, and so, um, and you know, I'm in a, I'm in a very mixed uh, world, um, and I have a, a very dark-skinned um, uh, Native American, um, probably South American tribe, or you know, some some Native American or light lighter skin, and and I'm just looking at all these people. Here in Maui, and it's like sometimes they go, what what are they? But then it's like, why is that so important that you don't have to categorize people and and, and figure out who they are, right? And then I I right. have covered in my own work that I am a multi-dimensional self, and I remember incarnations that are not past life or future life, but they're simultaneous, where often I am in different uh, species avatars. You know, I could be something that flies, something that's in the water. I have one that uh, is underground and it just um, it rolls over rock like it, you know, like it's sliding on snow, right? And I come back into my human form and I try to integrate this and I feel very thankful that I'm able to experience that 
you know, talk about racism. What about other species? Their species is some racist. My species uh-huh. is better than yours. So um, in saying all that, I'd like to put out, we have like about um, 20 minutes left in the show, is how do we get past these obstacles where we judge, we prejudge, we're prejudiced, we judge, um, and then there's all this polarity around you know, race and, and uh, uh, sex and gender. Um, how do you see us going from here, which is a, a polarity and projection and projection to unity consciousness, to like a Star Trekian society? Like, I'm going to put that to both of you, but Karen Newperson and TJ. How do you see us getting there from here? Karen, well. Yeah, I feel like that when we see a broader perspective outside of the earth plane, uh, there are going to be many different types of, like, races, species. There are some that are blue. There are some that are green. There are some that are all kinds of colors and shapes and sizes. And I think that the earth, I think we will get past all this. I, I sure hope so. But I think yes. that those of us who come down here without any, um, you know, without any judgment, there's a lot of judgment and critical and cruelty, and even without racism, especially going on now when mm-hmm. this is when all these crises are happening, and there's a lot of it in the ufology field. <laughs> which shouldn't mm-hmm. be, and hopefully that'll stop. But because we're trying to blend the people into their light of their highest self, which they're acting out a play, this is just a play. And sometimes if we get to a higher level, sometimes when we get to a certain stage of vibration among ourselves, and I know y'all have felt this too, you can feel it within you and all of a sudden you feel like, Everything around you is a prop, and you become embossed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then the observer of everything around. And I think as people, I think a lot of people feel that. They don't know how to tell it. But I think as they, their higher self or their spirit self awakens to curiosity to seek, I think that changes. And... At this moment, I feel like that it's gotten rough out there because there are not enough people wanting to say what, seek what's out there. They want to stay put in a certain conservative religious thing or that sort of thing, conventional, conventionality. And they're not mm-hmm. wanting to seek their path, to seek a path of higher journey. But I think that these these type of sad tragedies do awaken more people to do that. That's my opinion of what I've seen with my students, that it's they get that way. And it's hard, but it's the outcome can be beautiful when the person realizes that they're the architect of their play and they accept and believe that, then things manifest of what they want. 
and what's best, and it goes into a higher understanding, and it creates a euphoric feeling in this solar plexus region of just pure love. And I know you, we've all experienced that. Yes. Okay, um, let's pass the talking stick over to TJ. TJ, you have worked on board ships with many other species. Could you describe the other species that you worked with and how they just run further and um, what were the differences and what were the commonalities? Well, it depends on who you're working with because, you know, we're all uh, – Energy. And What's about you? Who did who did you well, work? Me, I was still who did you personally form. work with? Oh, I worked with beings mm-hmm. that look just like us. I'd call them more light workers than anything. Most of them have the intelligence of uh, the universal order and the dimensions and why they're working together for the good of uh, humankind, so to speak. But they also are the caregivers and stewards of. Uh, terraforming planets and hubs for uh, energy gatherings of the humanoid kind. So uh, the, some of them that were of various skin colors, I understood, was their uh, culture and where their souls are born in various parts of the universe. There were the pale pinks and the uh, pale blues, and, you know, it's like on our blood, we have oxygen joining. Some of them had copper. Uh, a copper golden tan uh, There were gold beings So it depended on their deity Or god level is what I understood uh, A lot of the ancients That would come down And observe during uh, well, Us you know with nuclear technology Or zero point energy Or how far we're getting uh, The historians They were extraterrestrials But they had six Wait they had four fingers And in order to come and uh be like in Australia or Europe or somewhere, they would have a dig, uh, go through a process where they'd put another finger on to blend in on this planet. And then the gray, uh, some of them were uh, actually little, uh, like they call them the little Japanese. Some of them were brown with the big eyes. Now, there, uh, we didn't discuss Annie Jacobson, but some of the things I'd like to tell you about since you asked that question is a lot of what the intelligence uh, propaganda from World War II is that Russia, Germany, uh, you know, with Hitler ganged up because his interest in the uh, metaphysical or the UFO ET world, and that may have been, I don't know because I don't have a life during that period, but I did have that memory come up as a gray. So uh, we were uh, paler because we don't work on the planets with the suns, you know, but we work in space. But the little gray uh, AI entities were, like, uh, chosen because they wanted to help their uh, humankind. And the little grays, when their planet was imploded, well, they, those people from that other universe went there and destroyed their planet. They teamed up, just like in the movies and televisions, wherever people get their uh, content to make movies and television for our entertainment purposes. Uh, we've seen a lot of them in Star Trek, Star Wars, and even uh, Stargate, to the, you know, whatever the Stargates. Those little people, they were highly intelligent, and they wouldn't harm anybody, but they don't harm because they're fragile. They're not made to last. They're made to travel and do research. They're little bitty, tiny, thin-skinned people. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of a gray, a gray thin uh, thing. So 
the beams that I worked with, they were uh, those that were over all the universes at the God-deity level. So they're deities, and they uh, expand universes with uh, beings that are humanoid biologicals. But also, you know, the ones you're asking me about were AI. They were uh, where we're going here on this planet is when we joined, uh, and we've done it before, folks. These are just uh, maybe wiped off due to nature or maybe some help from some of the deities at their level when they, you know, cleaned up a planet or restructured it for uh, use. Uh, I don't see it. This one's been here for billions of years or maybe even trillions. I don't expect it going away. They like this uh, system for learning, but some of them that are sent, uh, well, one of my messages, which I didn't want, but I guess I chose maybe in this reality was uh, letting us know that I would be here during the Ascension Age, the AI, where we go into, uh, well, where we're going to use AI together with biologicals. So uh, that's Great. a little hard to digest for me even, but... Uh, we can do that again in the future. So there's beings that we're going to become. So what do you mean by where we use AI with biologicals? Explain that. Break that down for us. So is that what we're doing with like Sophia and the other AI? And well, we're, we're doing it now to... with our robotics with I... Elon Musk. We're doing it with, uh, you know, how we're mm-hmm. we're going to be having. What it is is we want more data. We want more more. We want more knowledge inside our brain and we know we don't have the capacity so as we do the plasticity of the brain figure out you know our system with our nervous system it has to be not just our brain but our neurological system our spinal cord nervous system we look pretty alien without these uh, meat suits on them you know we look pretty archaic it's just a brain and a nervous system, you know, that can operate on its own, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it just doesn't look right. So we're always, uh, depending on what we call it, the uh, background. Now, we do have beings that don't mind if their evolution be the background players for the rest of us. So it's sort of like Karen's saying, you know, we are, uh, or who was it? You know, through through time, we've had beings come down here to be the back players. They don't have this, are the shadow players, so we can evolve. It's hard to be light workers, light workers, when you don't have anything. If you're all the same, equal in evolution or on the planet, there's nothing to do. So we have those that well, choose to come and teach shadow. The Anunnaki came in, and, and they, um, we've been jerked around with as a species. They shortened our longevity, so we would have been complied. We, uh, the original Anunnaki had immunity to all diseases, so they made it so, you know, we were not immune to diseases. And they also, um, you know, took away our ability to use our entire brain. We only use a small percentage of our brain. Well, that's so this, uh, this in, can be in the propaganda. It, it depends on the propaganda that's that? left on the planet as to what we believe. But we only believe what's been uh, taught us through fire clay this tablets belief. that this we've is a, interpreted. This is Somebody what they're finding with the human genome project. This isn't a belief thing like I believe in Jesus. Or I believe. This is what they're uncovering through the human genome project, is that these things are basically, we are computer and this is on off. And these things have been switched off. And uh, so I've had a lot of conversations with the DNA? medicine. 
I don't know what you're talking about. These are, are, these talking? are on-off switches. It's, a, it's on a genetic level, and these things have been switched off. And oh, so, yeah, we've been doing know, that they're for looking years. for the on switch. Well, this, is, this is, goes back to, there was a, in the Sumerian story, the Arcadian story, they, they, they consciously, the Anunnaki said we had to switch them off because there's too few of us and too many of them. So they dummied us down and they shortened our longevity and they um, made us uh, genetically inferior, even to what the prototypes were, so that we wouldn't uh, destroy them. Well, that's, that's some of the control story. of the human race. And, and a lot so of people choose to believe that, but a lot of them don't. So I've, I've talked to people. Some it believe in history, believe it or not. some this don't. Is, this is what's written in the ancient Sumerian. It's written in stone. So this is the... the I know, but it's just stuff we've learned. Learned. The only reason you know it is you All learned right, it. I'm taking this true for the, for the purpose of this argument. You can argue about Jesus and Buddha or whatever, or whatever. I'm just, I, I'm not questioning what you're saying. So let me just say well, what I'm saying. Trying to tear apart my discussion. Question. Now I'm, I think I'm introducing some information from what I've learned, and well, so I now you're making you it an argument question. about I'm, validity okay, well, you, or not. You got on to Karen a while ago. Well, I don't know what my question was anymore. I've forgotten what my question was. So we have like. And this was the show, and I forgot the point I was making, but I, I'm trying to get it back. Um, the point being out there. Oh, you were saying something about AI, and so even the ancients, even the Anunnaki and the other species that were coming here, when they made a AI, they made it to resemble them, just like Reed Jim Roddenberry made data. And like we're doing now, we're making Sophia. So you had said something about, um, and I don't remember what you said. I'd have to rewind, rewind the tape. Putting AI onto consciousness. I, I think this is Battlestar Galactica, and someday we're going to find out we are AI. And what is the difference? What is intelligence? What is sentience? What is consciousness? And is this a serious dichotomy? can uh, once again have the ultimate racism. You're better, I'm better, uh, because I'm real, a real soul, and you're not a real soul. You're a fake soul. And I, I just think it's another level of, you know, hierarchy and hierarchy sucks, and hierarchy has a tendency to negate consciousness and, and try to make uh, one person better or one species or one individual better than the other. And at the highest level... At source level, we are all equal. We're all equally valuable. And so it's the same argument as ghosts. Okay. Sarah, do you have anything to add? I think that's very well put. I think that <clears throat> I think that we I think that's true. I think that there are many different realms. There I do believe in what I liked what you said about the DNA structure, that some of the things have been taken out and removed because uh, we have an ability far more, or we we even have a recall of that, I feel. Um, and I do believe mm-hmm. that our people who channel, like what we're talking about, uh, we can we probably need to ask the universe and source to hold our body at the same vibration of what, of the information we're getting, because sometimes I think we can we need to be. Um, 
protected physically for we're getting a lot more information than our body can hold, especially people who have autoimmune stuff like I do and and many others. I think that we get past the physicality that we were we came in with, and the electrical part of our brain uh, ex- can expand. So we have to we have to do that. But I think it's happening. I think it can happen to us if we ask. It'll happen, and we can be protected, protect ourselves of the I am consciousness. But I do think that happened at that time that those things were taken out, and I think that it we can bring them back in too. Mm-hmm. Right, Does and that's that what sense? I ended up having this discussion with the geneticist that was part of the Human Genome Project, and he said, we're very close to turning it back on. But then you get into the, the morality, like, what do we do with all these people? And, he, mm-hmm. and so he had um, come to the understanding that aging is a disease, and all diseases are curable. So then we go, well, people should be dying of old age because there'd be too many people and no more children. But if we're a conscious civilized civilization, like uh, the Star Trekian world, we wouldn't be going to, we're not going to allow you to um, live past 100 because then there won't be room for the use, but we would start colonizing all the planets and going out of space. And now we're going to need more people to go out and colonize space. So there would never be a shortage of real estate or places for us to be. Um, because it's so vast, and I don't know if there's a well of souls that live in of souls that come out in in in, in, in form. I say one say human. That's another whole debate. But uh, at least in this uh, part of existence, there's still there's plenty of space for expansion of the of the uh, humanoid species into the colonies, especially even in this solar system. That's my well, did you yeah. want to say anything about, about the intelligence world? And, uh, you know, this girl that I thought, uh, what all you wrote up there, we didn't really discuss, CS, CIA and SA right. and how they used all that, that we asked Karen if she would be interested in watching that film. But don't you think we should at least yeah, comment on how the intelligence has used people? We're three women researchers in the ET, and we're ET contactees, but we're light workers too. Mm-hmm. We're back here to do, do a good job. So I just think we should at least address the good job that this younger okay, woman. Okay, so Karen, you done. watched it. What did you uh, glean from that? We're running out of time. I did, did watch it. I, I thought oh, it was. Good. I thought it was good. Uh, I think that. Uh, I, I I just thought it was good. I don't really have anything to say um, about it. Other than it's stuff we already knew, but it's stuff that was nice to hear. And I thought she was a very good uh, speaker, and he was a very good interviewer. So I, I liked it. I, I would did. like to say. What was she saying about that? Roswell was the uh, was not ET, not gray aliens, not yeah. even any aliens that were in that realm. But She's it was saying, some kind of Russian uh, propaganda. And it was uh, some deformed Russian people that they had done some testing on. I went, nah. That's the cover story. It's like balloons. Remember Janet and Roswell when they said the uh, it's the cover story to certain people that worked uh, in the mountain or at Area 51, or if they were working with uh, uh, equipment not of Earth origin, 
the cover story was like paper clip or balloon, air balloons. We did all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was easier mm-hmm. to tell the people, the engineers that were working on Russian equipment or, uh, or people from leftover from nuclear war or something as a facade. Mm-hmm. And that's why Hitler was covered for so many years. They put these uh, fake stories on top of uh, even the engineers and scientists. That's why we couldn't convince them of our reality because they were already taught propaganda and they wanted to believe it. So it may be a truth to me, but if a person's already programmed to believe propaganda and the fake story that the government put out to get these people not to lose their sanity, some of these men committed suicide because they couldn't believe that aliens existed. And so some of them, they, you know, it's like during all the tests. So she got the story, but she remember, she is a journalist, investigator, and you only get the information that's given to you, and you cite yeah. your Let sources. Me. Go ahead. Let me say one thing, and it's not anything against it, but as I was listening to it, I felt that it was kind of flat. There wasn't a lot of emotion or a lot of feeling or magical, um, not magical, but it wasn't emotional feeling from that, um, you know, from the, the, I don't know, it just, it was more of a, I don't know. Uh, it didn't have... But let me... I understand. I don't yeah, know. it's like it's like I don't what know they what do in say. the current ufology field. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's like what they do in the current ufology field. They want to give something to the insiders because they can think I know more than you do, and you don't have the right yeah. story. And it's like exactly. my God better than your God. Yeah, so they give that's them a true. Sub-story. There was a mm-hmm. It was a sub story. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, a, and a lot like, of that is in there. Like now. A lot of what that is out now that they do. Yeah, one of the stories that's out now around COVID is they say, here's a doctor that's an insider and they're an expert and blah, 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 blah. And then it goes through the, the whole conspiracy field and they go, well, it's not really story A, it's just story B about this. Oh, they always say, watch it now before it's taken off the Internet. Like, taken off, right. That they don't want us to know. Watch it now before they take and that's like a code where you go, Oh, this is right. junk. Right. It's just a bunch of propaganda. But right. I see so many people believing it. They take that story and with social um networks out there, you know, Twitter and, and Facebook and they can take a wild story like that. But the problem with these stories and, and this this concept of the freedom of uh, of the press is that people are dying because of these that's right. Because of these stupid and stories. They're killing people. They're getting killed. They're, they're putting themselves in danger. So well, and they're, and they're also running a contest, you know, and they're into, you know, who's better and showmanship and all that. Not really from when you mm-hmm. when somebody's talking from the heart, you can feel those energies, you know, other than just making a statement or just, you know, doing a show and did I do a good show or that the ego gets needs to be left out of all that. I think that intelligence mm-hmm. community with all the ones, Janet, that we were gonna, you know, mention was they collect intelligence and they all have budgets with the military complex, industrial complex and the corporations are getting the money for the contracts. So really 
Most of the world revolves around money given to them by the governments, including the corporations, the organizations in the city, state, county. All those levels depend on aeronautics and military defense and especially where I live, but, you know, a lot of people, now we're going to space. So it is about the survival of the species and how we want to have our culture. And a lot of the, uh, I believe we're, we're, we're here to do our job as souls and evolve. So, you know, we all do the best we can, and it's unfortunate to see the billions in India and China that aren't going anywhere. But when you look at the world, what, the WHO, World Health Organization, they're not really about saving the world and all the people, which shocks me now because I thought we would be more about feeding everybody and taking clean water, mm-hmm. and, you know, killing the environment. But you look into the big organizations and the money and how they control the world. It's all about greed and the ones on all the about top greed of the and power. All about money. So, yeah, that's so right. Let's, let's that's work it. on that in many different arenas. Yeah, I think that's a good one to get into. You know, that's that's it right there. Well, it's, and it's also it. about the and the expression show. of feelings. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, let's wrap no, this up. I mean, at the end of the show, we might be cut off any second. Go oh, ahead, Okay. Sarah. Okay. No, I just think it's important that we let our feeling side come out and express the love and and the sound, and uh, that's what's going to make it happen. You know, then then the intensity and the force of the light. And I think I we're, I think you. we're all forced, forceful in that way. Janet, I think yeah. it's all about the love and learning how we can all exist at all universal levels. However, in the involvement of each individual souls they're creating and putting down here to blend together, they have the survival of the fittest, of which DNA or whatever strands are going to work out, sure. But, you know, a lot of it is research and development, and the governments do it. But I, the emotional intelligence, can we, can we maybe look into that next week? Because so many of my friends... And you know what happened to my daughter so, uh, and then my other daughter. But arguments and the anger and people get hurt. And so we're having to right. upscale emotional intelligence with our uh, different species. And some of them, like I said, they don't mate. And others are emotionally like have jealousy or whatever. And you have to learn to overcome uh, that existence that may be in your natural order for survival. So maybe that's something we could look at because I think the UFO industry would be great. That CT environment, yeah, I think emotional so. intelligence, and how we deal yeah. with love versus hate. You know that stuff. And yeah, but and all these structures of yeah, all this. So I think that'd be great, don't you, Janet? I think so. I think how that our, all the people that are going to rule the planet and lead corporations and lead those. Politics need to have some kind of both basic emotional intelligence so they have empathy and compassion. Absolutely. So they should have a position if they don't have empathy and compassion. So so you that's that's right. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that but is so true. fear and anger okay. to control the population, what they call uh-huh. the masses. So maybe we, those, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. want to talk about the bad side, but the shadow side of the entire world, but it is going on so you know our light work well we can't go around and smell the roses yet so i think that would be great to talk about (laughs) (laughs) even though we love to the shadows (laughs) therapy we look at the polarity we look at the shadow we embrace the shadow because the 
you know, you, you can't but, have light without the dark, so we look at it. That's true. And then we, that's we, true. We take away well, its mystery and its glamour by exposing it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. We may put up Annie... And Annie only put in what she reviewed people firsthand stories, you know, collecting. But, folks, we didn't discuss CIA, NSA, UAP, intelligence, paranormal, all that stuff, remote viewing. But uh, I'll put it Well, we want to do that. Phase. But we, we can get into the part we don't want to <laughs> like to talk about. The fear We've got a lot to do, don't we, girls? In the dark <laughs> shadows. But <laughs> if you're willing to do a show on it, we can. Ooh, I'm not going to look forward to it because it, it brings out everybody's <laughs> emotions and their feelings. But love is Well, love but they both life. have to be neutralized in order to get into the higher life. Well, I I think that feelings are great. Not, as long as you're not acting out, you're not blowing up buildings and killing people. But having them and expressing <laughs> them in their true authenticity is a road to freedom. <laughs> if you can right. get real with each other and, and then you learn to love each other. Um, warts and all, that's that's evolution of consciousness. And that's what that's true. You know, I have my relationship. We 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 can just lay it out whoop, and it might be like a big turd, but you know, fresh you know, we both clean up the mess together. So but I'm gonna cut this off because we're gonna lose this in many seconds. I wanna leave it a high note. So uh T J do you have some great exit music that we can play? Yeah, let's talk about. Oh, I, uh, I just I want to tell you guys one thing. I just got an, uh, a text uh-huh. from a friend, a message saying that uh-huh. she's lo- they, they, a bunch of people loved our show tonight Aww. and uh, loved oh, and really enjoyed uh, hearing both you, all of us, and uh, <laughs> really loved the Korean radio. Isn't that great? Oh. <laughs> That was probably a, a, con, a synchronicity from our little ET people saying it. That's what I feel. Oh, anyway. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. All right, well, okay, well, I just want to say love and aloha and blessings, and I'll see you next week. And then TJ's going to play the exit music. Uh, so TJ or Karen, say your goodbyes, because I know we're going to get cut off in a second. I would like to have a the proper exit music. Go ahead, Karen, TJ, final words, and then TJ, play the music, please. Okay, final words are uh, walk the path, seek the light, and move forward in love for all humanity. Let's save this planet. <laughs> okay, and everybody just oh. explore love and light <laughs> and come back and be with us because it's fun in, to know people and try to exist in all the different levels of uh, yourself and some of us will just, you know, keep being here. To, even though it seems like it's not all rosy, roses, but stay at the top of the world. <laughs> Janet, That's great. Janet, Janet, you're going to do aloha. From you too, Dan. Aloha. 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 Thank you. That's beautiful. Top of the world. See y'all next week. Next week tomorrow night. TJ Marcy T Radio signing off with Aquarian Radio. Such a feeling coming over me. Over me. There is wonder and most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky. Got the sun. In